everyone, and welcome to episode one of the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline. I am a junior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be starting this new podcast where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Um, every episode will feature a different guest and a different topic. And today I'm so excited to be introducing my good friend, Daniel Kaur. Dan, thank you for being here with me today. Thanks, Caroline. It's honestly a huge honor to be on the show as your first guest. So I, yeah, I want to say thank you and hello to all the viewers back at home. Uh, my name is Dan. Uh, I'm 20 years old. I go to Columbia College and I'm a junior and uh, major in econ play golf. So that's pretty fun. Yes. So Dan and I were in the same year at Columbia. And I know it's been a couple of years, but do you remember how we met slash how we how we knew each other? I remember something about a capture the flag game during NSOP. And yeah. I don't know if we were on the same team or not. Do you remember? I don't know. That was a I was I was wondering that too. So I I feel like we weren't on the same team, but there was like a shirts and I think there were both shirts. I don't even know. It was like different yeah, color teams. It was not <laughs> it was no shirts. shirts. Sure. And then the other team has like put like a piece of paper on their, <laughs> on their, on their stomach. And yeah. uh, it was really rigged. So I, I remember that we should have won, but we didn't. Yeah, it was dark too. It was like 11 o'clock at night. This was yeah, very hard. Yeah, it went on night. for three yeah. hours. It was crazy. It's it crazy. It was fun though. Yeah. And then we that was during orientation week so basically NSOP is columbia's welcome week um and they had like nightly activities so that was fun um and then we also both lived in fernald so i was on the fourth floor dan which floor were you on i was on the sixth floor but you hung out on the fourth floor right yeah i was on the fourth floor more than my own floor definitely. yeah it was fun floor four was good it was a fun time yeah um, and then we were also on hall council together yeah so I think one day me and uh, a couple other floor four friends went down to the hall council election meeting because Caroline was running for president. So we wanted to cheer her on. And then they were like, oh, we have a lot of vacant spots available. So if anyone wants to come up and give a speech, that'd be great and, you know, help out. So uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I ad-libbed like the worst speech ever, but got the job so that Yay. was fun. Yeah, that was <laughs> good. That was a good first year. We made like we made a lot of good events. We made like Yeah. Nice and fun. yeah it was all you, honestly, but yeah. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Very for good. All your Come help, home. honestly. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So Dan also mentioned that he was a golf player at Columbia. And so that's what this episode is going to be about, kind of about the student athlete life at an Ivy League university. Do you want to kind of talk about what exactly the Ivy League is in terms of athletics? Because I kind of know about it, but I actually don't really know too much about the history of that. Yeah, sure. So the Ivy League is basically like the eight Ivy League schools uh, in its own division. So there's like Brown, Columbia, Yale, Harvard, Princeton, uh, Penn, Dartmouth, Cornell. Might be one other there I'm missing, but I think that's all of them. And uh yeah, so all of these teams compete against each other at the end of the season, and the winner gets to go on to a conference tournament. And if you win that, you get to go on to nationals. So I think that's how it works in every sport. I could be wrong, but that's how it works in golf, at least. Okay, awesome. And you guys were, I mean, Columbia golf is pretty good, right? Yeah, we were struggling for a long time. There was like this dark era where like 
our team came in like last place at every event. But like, I think ever since, um, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but ever since I, I went there and then a couple other really good uh, freshmen came in and uh, helped the team out. I think that we've been on an, an upward trend since then. So I'm really happy. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, and I think we're on our winter break now, right? So like we had the last day of classes, I'm gonna say it was the day before, actually no, last day of finals was the day before Christmas Eve. And so I had my last final on the Tuesday. So like the day before that. Yeah. Um, and so break has been nice for me, but I think you said that you were on a tournament or like, how was your winter break in general? <laughs> oh yeah, it was pretty good. I think, um, so yeah, I was up in the city for the part of the fall from I think August to Thanksgiving, but I decided to come back because I want to spend time with my family and get, kind of get away from the city and back into Florida nature type of vibe and play a lot of golf. So yeah, I've played a lot of tournaments down here since then and it's been fun. Yeah, it's been nice to get away from like the busy life of the city. How has, been, uh, how has winter break been for you, Caroline? It's been a good time. I watched lots of Netflix. I'm watching Sherlock now. So I'm on episode two of season four, but it's like only three episodes or four episodes per season. So it's not that much. I've been doing some I've reading. Sorry. Oh, no, I haven't. But I heard it's really good. Yeah, no, I, I haven't either. I need to watch that. <laughs> so what are your plans for for next semester? Golf wise and also just like where, where you'll be living? Uh, so I still have the apartment up in New York. I think I'm going to be living with my friends up there. I think people living on campus this fall semester have had really good experiences. So I, I'm happy for people that are up there again. But yeah, for me, I, I think I prefer off campus a bit better. So golf wise, uh, our team is still trying to do a golf season. So hopefully we'll be able to start in March and uh, yeah, travel a lot because I don't think we're allowed to be on planes. So our first tournament being in Georgia, we'll have to drive like 17 hours. Oh, that'll be fun. A lot of team bonding. Yeah. Oh my God. I get sick of them, but you know, it'll wow, be fun. that's interesting. So it's in March. Yeah. Hopefully things will be, be better by then. Um, yeah. But I guess for golf, is it kind of innately socially distant because it's such a big field as an area or how does that? Yeah. You would think that because during competition, you re really just don't talk to any of your teammates because you're so far apart all the time mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of team bonding that goes on in between tournaments and mm -hmm. you, I think you get to be pretty close with your team like no matter what you're doing so you know even though you're not really interacting with each other on the course I think having like the the sort of motivation from your teammates like three holes away they're like you know good putt you know that that helps a lot yeah, too the distance. <laughs> yeah yeah like just like a fist pump you know middle of the round that's great yeah that's funny Talking about, I mean, I've been, I've always been curious. This is a question that I had. Do athletes in college know each other before you guys come to college and like play together? Like, do you guys know each other from tournaments in high school and before, or is that, or do you guys meet each other for the first time at, at college? Yeah, I think it's different for every sport, but for golf, at least, I think all of the junior players are pretty interconnected because we all play the same types of tournaments. And we're all trying to like get into the best tournaments. So I have a lot of friends at like, you know, UC Berkeley at like um, other Ivy League schools that I met over junior golf and we kind of just went to different schools afterward. And same thing with Columbia, you know, I played with a couple guys on my team before and uh, got to know them pretty well before I got here. How mm -hmm. about you? Did you get to know a lot of people before? 
got to Columbia. Columbia. I mean, I did, we did have a, several people like in my year from high school come to Columbia. So oh. they were like third years, third years too. Um, yeah. But other than that, <laughs> but other than that, not really. I, I don't think I need that many people. I think I just met them during orientation and then throughout classes and extracurriculars and just like on campus. Through like the recruiting process, you get to visit the schools uh, or the coaches invite you to visit the schools. So I was able to come and check out the practice facility and the campus and some, I was able to sit in on some classes too. So it was really nice to get oh, sort of a preview of that's Columbia cool. life. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. How was like the whole recruitment process before then? I'm sure it was like pretty intense, right? I think it's, it's kind of stressful depending on how you look at it because on one hand it, you get to like this point, I guess, and you're like, you know, athletic career where your scores kind of start mattering a bit more because colleges are are watching and you're you're worried a lot more about your future at times but for me I kind of just wanted to play the best golf I could and not worry too much about all that um, like the college recruitment stuff so I yeah it was a lot of emails a lot of phone calls a lot of visiting different schools but I think that getting to know my coach here at Columbia and him being like such a, a chill and motivated guy, uh, I was like, you know, this is a great school for me. So I, I'd rather just stop looking and, and just pick. Yeah. How early on did you know that you were committed? Uh, I knew at the start of my junior year. And I think a lot of kids uh, for junior golf actually commit a lot earlier than that, but because the Ivy League requires that you have your ACT score in, you have your like some other SATs or uh, other exams, and then have like a pretty good GPA into your junior year, they prefer like waiting a bit longer. So I, I think I waited a bit longer than other kids to commit. Okay, awesome. Oh, that's so cool. It's very interesting. Because I feel like then you have the stress of your, do you still have to like, you still have to go through the application process itself, right? Like the yeah, it's a very common app. Everything. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess it's that plus a whole nother side. Right, right. Because athletics and academics. I think most other schools, if you get recruited, chances are you're gonna get into the school through the application process. But for Ivy Leagues, um, I know like some other Ivy Leagues. I think Columbia is a bit more lenient. Although, don't quote me on this, but y- yeah, you're you're not guaranteed entry into the school until your common application goes through. So even if you're committed to, to going to the school, that kind of means you're committed to applying to the school and the coach will, yeah, the coach will help you get in, but he can't guarantee anything. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like thinking about golf as a sport itself. I mean, I, in high school, I I tried golf. I mean, like in gym class, we had different units, right? So we had had soccer, we had swim and we had golf. I I could not even hold a golf club properly. And this was me as like a 13, 14 year old. How did you start golf? I'm assuming you started when you were really young, right? In order to, to be good enough to be recruited. Yeah. uh, My parents definitely pushed me on to a lot of different sports when I was young. Like my dad was a huge athlete in college. So he, naturally like, wanted me to play like every sport so I played like a bit of basketball like soccer and then golf and I think golf was like 
the most chance I had of like getting into like a, a college with the sport. So he was like, you know, just stick with golf. And I started, yeah, I started really enjoying it. And I started really liking like how intense it was and how, how many, actually how many juniors were, were playing and getting into the sport and how, how much it was expanding as a sport while I was growing up. Uh, so it was really a, a cool time to be playing. But what about you? Like, did you play? I mean, you said like you did a bit of swimming, right? I, I swam. So I did varsity swim in high school. Oh, cool. uh, not a not a varsity athlete in college, but sw- I swam for four years in high school. Um, other sports, not really, not too much. I scored a this was what like seventh grade soccer PE class. <laughs> I scored my only goal, and it was for the wrong team, and I was <laughs> happy for one second, and then I realized, but. All good. Yeah, All good. I've done that too. Yeah, old <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they stick with you, but yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I know that like Dodge has a really good swimming facility. So mm. you go there a lot. I I did. Um, I think I started going there more sophomore year, oh, and yeah. then it was like nighttime. Like they have night swims from like seven thirty or something, like seven to nine or something like that. That was nice. It was nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So. And I know like even more, maybe that's like the most underground, but then I know you guys have your like sports practice areas in Dodge. So Dodge is actually our fitness center or our gym, like our campus gym on Morningside campus. Um, So how is that? Like, it's like a nice secret underground, not secret. I mean, I guess like athletes know. It it does seem pretty secret. It's like just out of, you know, it's, it's, it's like just underground in in the basement of Dodge. Mm -hmm. It's really dark and like, the, you know you're, you're there at like 7 a.m and it's like a really weird atmosphere but it's cool it's like the new york type of vibe like you know you're just training in the basement while stuff is going on out, outside but it could be better i think i think a lot of my uh, a lot of players on my team have you know wanted like a, a bigger you know more spacious area for athletes and yeah not just for athletes but just for students in general to have space to work out because i'm sure you know like dodge fitness is kind of packed you know on certain times and days of the year so yeah i I hope the school will consider expanding that area and giving us like a better uh type of well-being experience i guess like you showed me the the golf room am i allowed to say that yeah yeah okay (laughs) Um, and there was like this, I was surprised because I didn't know that you could practice golf indoors. Um, but I guess you can, because it was like a virtual thing. Do you want to explain like what that was? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's a simulator and basically you just swing into a net and there's this computer that detects how fast your club goes and how straight your ball should fly if you were playing in an open area. And you can actually play courses. And so it's like a video game sort of, but, you know, for practice. Yeah. And uh, it's, I think lately we've been getting a lot more, uh, a lot better access to like the cooler technology out there with uh, like flight scope and putt view. So it's like devices that tell you like how your putt's going to break or like how, uh, how far your ball is going to travel and it's, it's getting really accurate. So it makes indoor practice a lot easier and a lot better. Yeah, that sounds cool. And like regarding the, the improvements that you think could be made, would that be more practice outdoors? Do you think like versus indoors? I think it's tough in New York city. Uh, if you have an outdoor sport, especially because mm-hmm. like we have to drive like 
30, 40 minutes to the closest golf course we can. And, but you have to make it work. I think like our coach does his best job and he like drives us every day. So yeah, I really appreciate him. And yeah, like, I think, uh, just being in the city, it, it makes it kind of tough, but if we were anywhere else, I would say, yeah, like I would, I'd want to, you know, live right next to the golf course and just be able to walk there. But, uh, I think this is like the best that we can do. So I'm pretty happy with this. And, uh, yeah, like have have you hit a golf ball down in the in the sim? I no, I have not. And oh, okay, I I've got to, I've no, got to bring you again. And yeah, <laughs> yeah we're got, back on campus. Whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> and like in real life, no matter how many times I I swung the the club, I maybe hit it like once, but it was like super wrong, and then it just went not very not very far. <laughs> That's okay. Like as long as you hit it, that's all that. As long goal as it makes really. contact. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to to develop. I, I think it takes like a year or two to really like get the swing down until you can like kind of have fun and, and play. So it's one of those sports where you have to be patient. And do you think we golf helps? Yeah, I loved we golf. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I was like pretty bad at it though, but yeah, I think just having the motion down really helps as well. So yeah, yeah. That was really interesting. And I think you mentioned your, so your coach drives you every day for practice. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he has a van and uh, we, if it's a lot of people, so we can drive to tournaments and to practice every day. And yeah, it's nice. How is it's getting an Uber or the subway? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sub. Oh my gosh. I could imagine like carrying your, do you have to carry your golf clubs too? Oh my God. The number of people I've seen like, with their golf clubs in the subway. I think I've seen like a, at least like three and it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that, but really? yeah. Heavy. Yeah. A lot of people in the city play golf. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, that's so interesting. I would not think that a lot of people in New York city play golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just getting to the golf course. That's hard. Yeah. But um, that's a daily occurrence, right? That's like your daily schedules. Mm -hmm. You want to give yeah, it so every day. We have practice from like one to four, five, six, and we just take the van uh, and then, yeah, after lunch, we'll all get in the van and we'll drive 30, 40 minutes to the course and we'll practice for a few hours and drive back. And by then it's like, you know, dinner time. So it, the schedule does get a bit compact some days, but I think that, um, yeah, we try to make it work. What time do you have to get up for classes? Um, because I know that athletes, I mean, at least in my my first year for Lit Hum, so Literature Humanities is a core English literature course that we have to take in for Columbia College. And so I took the 8 a.m. one, 8, 10 a.m. And in there was like mostly athletes. We got like three football players, two, I think it was softball, and just like athletes and then the other people who were just early birds. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you're the, like the only one I saw in the in Ferris like in the mornings. Sometimes. Yeah, we would <laughs> we would have grab breakfast and then run to class, which was only like a two minute run away mm -hmm. ferris was right next to fernal so that was nice too so how yeah. does your how did your class schedule and your sports schedule fit together yeah so it it's tough because we have practice you know every afternoon so we have to have all our classes in the morning and uh so usually we'll just wake up at like 6 7 a.m and get a quick breakfast and then we have uh workouts on some days from like 7 to 8 and then run to class and then class from like 8 to 12 get a quick lunch and then practice, get back at dinner time. And then from there you can either, you know, study or 
you know, hang out with friends and I, I did a lot more of the latter. So <laughs> I think I, I'm happy with the way I spent my time. I think it, yeah. How about you? Like <laughs> what made you decide on getting that A10 or was that non-optional? That was, I think I was actually just registered for that because we're, we're pre-registered uh, for Lit Hum. I think, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I just stuck with it. So I stuck with it for my first semester and then my second semester also, I was just like, might as well wake up. I think it was a Tuesday, Thursday class too. Um, 8, 10, Tuesday, Thursday. I think Wednesdays I got to sleep in. Mondays I got to sleep in a little bit later because I had class at 10 a.m. I can't believe I remember this. But um, I, I, cannot be, I cannot like imagine, wow, like waking up at 6.30 every day and then practice and then class and then lunch and then practice again. Yeah, it's... I think it's just about how I saw it most of the days. Like at the beginning of the year, I think I was getting kind of tired of the whole, you know, wake up super early and then, you know, you have to sleep and then you have to study for exams. And yeah, it was, it was a lot. So it felt a bit overwhelming, but towards the end, once you get sort of in the rhythm of it, I think I had a better perspective of what I was doing and I just perceived it a bit more positively. Like this is you know, a really cool experience for student athletes to develop our skills, to get healthier. And yeah, I started like looking forward to, to work out some mornings. So that was kind of a change, but yeah. uh, I mean, I think I, I'm sure, you know, but there's, it's also pretty liberating to like have your last class at 12 and then just be done for the day. Like with Oh classes. yeah. That's nice. That must be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I kind of enjoyed that too. I think I need to get back on that schedule because now I have like classes until like four or five and I just like don't go to them because like I'm, I'm just so tired yeah are you guys like still meeting as a team virtually yeah yeah we do some meetings so it's nice to see I actually saw some of my some of my teammates because they were down here for the uh, amateur tournament a couple of days ago mm-hmm. so it's, it's nice like a lot of people can or a lot of golfers at least can kind of uh see old friends and uh you know catch up that's good and it's it's golf so it's it's kind of a better sport since you're out in the open and you're pretty far apart from each other all the time and yeah yeah it's, it's cool do were the tournaments not college-based right it was just like your individual tournaments oh yeah I mean they were college-based uh so you have the individual scores which mattered and there was there'd be an individual standing and then there would also be the college standing so a team would win and then a player would win so you're kind of playing for both sides like if your college was like not that strong then you're just playing for yourself yeah so so I'm happy that uh, yeah my team got a lot stronger throughout the year how do you prep for a tournament is it just like do you practice I'm assuming you like practice year-round and then like during the season it's more intense practice or is that like during the season is when you're playing yeah so we we do sort of like a preseason routine where we work out a lot and practice every day and try to get our games to the point where it's feeling comfortable because like, as you know, in New York, it's really cold. So we can't like have the conditions that other schools kind of have where they can just be out there all day. And, and uh, yeah, so we just try and play as much golf as we can also. So we, we just try and play nine, 18 holes and get back to the campus and do our studying then. And like, I'm sure it's like the same as like you studying for like an exam, like, <laughs> like what do you do before a big yeah. exam? Before a big exam, I think 
definitely a lot of, I guess the practice problems, like practice questions, the science-based classes would be like your, your constant practice as a team. Um, And I also think studying for big exam, definitely (laughs) I go to the classes, I go to lectures. And so I do most of my learning in lectures. So I feel like that is like a consistent year round thing. Right. So I guess that's similar to how athletes have to just like keep it going throughout the entire year. And then during that big exam or during that big tournament, that's when you, you lay it all on the table. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, like, I think for me, like what really helped me was trying to like be a bit more mindful of what I was doing and not get like too caught up on like the tournament that's coming up or like the exam that's coming up after that. Because uh, I think that during freshman year, I was just like a bit overwhelmed. I was like trying to get from this place to that and trying to do all of these different things. And I, I wasn't able to like really focus in on like, you know, one task really well. Like that's why like uh, a really good golfer or alumni of Columbia, this guy named Harrison Shea, he graduated in 2016. And we had a tournament where we were able to talk to him and he gave me some pretty good advice. And he said, you know, just like figure out how you can be at a tournament on Sunday and then have like a big exam on Monday and be focused for both. And that's kind of been the hardest part for me was, you know, figuring out how I can fit all of these like small things during my day, like lift at seven, you know, lunch and then studying and all that with having like a big exam coming up and a big tournament coming up. So kind of just focusing on the the moment to moment tasks and trying to do everything. Like I know that you used the Pomodoro thing, right? <laughs> do you yeah, watch like... my study with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but like I, yeah, I, I saw like a YouTube video where you uploaded that. And I think that's a really good technique is no matter like what you're doing. So maybe I should start incorporating that into my practice. Like, because like with golf, I think that a lot of what you do needs to be very intentional. Like when you're practicing, if you are like thinking about the tournament coming up, then you're going to be kind of distracted and you're not going to work on the things that really matter. So really just being more focused and kind of just like enjoying what you're doing as well, like, and not trying to be somewhere else. And uh, yeah, I think that's really helped me. And I think it, it helps with time management too, like just yeah. getting everything done in time. I like that. I like, it's like a different type of, it's the same type of focus, but then different applications, right? Especially with golf, I feel, cause you're yeah. so focused. Yeah, I think, like a lot of, there's a lot of similarities with like, the way I prepared for a golf tournament and the way I prepared for an exam, I probably did the golf part better than the school <laughs> part, but I work on both right now. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, you know, there's the, the big anticipation before the exam, like you gotta do all everything you can to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, I guess, too caught up in like the grade or like the, I guess, too caught up in like the fear of maybe failing or something, then, you're not really going to prepare like the best you can. So mm-hmm. with golf, uh, yeah, it's just been trying to do everything very intentionally and be very present with what I'm doing. And that's helped a lot, I think. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I guess like talking about studying for these big exams, what was the, I don't know if you like could remember a specific instance, like what is, did you, did you, do you have a specific 
time of where you had like during final seasons or during midterm seasons when you also had huge golf commitments? Yeah, like especially during final season because our Ivy League championship was, you know, middle of April or yeah, I think towards end of April and then finals was like two weeks away. So I definitely had like midterms during tournaments and I, I've had like cases where I, you know, <laughs> didn't study for a midterm, but I, I had like a 36 hole tournament that weekend. So I really just had to kind of, for the time being, just forget about the exam and just really zone in on this tournament. And afterward, then I would, you know, start worrying about the exam and, and start preparing for that. But yeah, it's really, mental, yeah. mental compartmentalization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. hard. That's hard because then you're like, there's like, there's always this thing that's looming behind your, in your mind, but then you know, you have to like focus on this one thing, get it, get it right. And then you can focus. on. Yeah. The- and I think the, the, the trick is to finding techniques that can help you sort of alleviate the, the, the attention on this big looming thing that's in your mind and, and sort of, you know, it, it feels like you're kind of like carrying this weight on your shoulder sometimes if you have like something coming up but you know yeah but like for me like you know practicing these techniques like I think in golf especially because you really need to be in the present when you're playing golf like everything you do a lot of people think it's only hitting the shot but really like you're getting the distance before the shot you're calculating like the wind and like the the slope of the course and you are selecting the club and everything really needs to be pretty intentional because you can make a mistake anywhere if your mind is kind of like on a future exam or like something else. So really like all of these things kind of fit into to executing the shot. So that's why I think for, I guess, school life, that sort of the same thing applies. Like you need to really be there when studying, when even like in your morning routine, like wake up on time and get everything in order, you know, don't forget anything. And yeah, if if you are, I guess, you know, if you are always like focused on the, the term or the exam on Monday, then it's, it's really hard to play well on the tournament on Sunday. So that's, that's one thing I've learned, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a very unique experience. I guess just in terms of like the student balance with the athlete that like students student athletes have. I feel like that's I feel like this is like would make for good stories and would make for for just good advice telling for the future. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely a challenge like mm-hmm. student athletes have. Uh, I'm, I'm sure like for you as well, since you had a lot of extracurriculars with clubs and, and all that, like you had a lot on your plate all the time. So like, how did you sort of like manage all that and, you know, still like be very productive and very <laughs> positive and like everything oh, you thank do? you. Yeah. Um, I think definitely during my first year, I wanted to try a lot of things out. Um, so I did health council. I did, what else did I do? I did SEVS, which I'm still a part of. And I did a bunch of other clubs too. And then I think like exploring those interests, um, my first year helped me to decide on which ones I wanted to, I was more passionate about and then which ones I wanted to stick with sophomore year. And so I guess like, as we mature throughout college, we, we prioritize more. And then we're just like through lots of practice trial and error, we get it 
Well, I mean, we're yeah. still in the process of that. We're still trying to I'm trying to get everything it's down, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think it's just like being willing to, how should I put it? Being willing to try things out, just being willing to make mistakes and then learn from those mistakes and try not to make them again, <laughs> but know yeah. that it's okay to, to take that time to do that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... <laughs> A big part of golf is making mistakes. So yeah, you're, you're never going to play a, a round of golf without making some mistakes because of like how, I guess, ch- challenging it is to mm-hmm. always hit the ball in the right area and yeah. have it go to a specific target. So like a big part that I've been practicing is kind of accepting whatever happens because, you know, I, I prepared the best I could, you know, I, I did all of the practice before a tournament. I was, you know, I got the best yardage I could. I calculated the slope and now I'm just going to hit the shot. But then after the shot is finished, really like I could either judge it and be very, I guess, like critical of myself or I could accept it and and just be okay with hitting a bad shot and sort of learn from it. Yeah, that's good. I feel like in life too, you have to, if something happens for a lot of jobs too, a lot of a lot of just like being a human, something happens, you have to learn how to accept it, I guess, how to deal with it, and then how to be productive for the future. Um, I feel like that's a good, that's a really good skill that student athletes are learning. Yeah, yeah, I think anyone really, like any college student can kind of relate when they have, you know, finals and also like club activities or even like jobs, like how you can really fit all that together and sort of still enjoy it kind of like enjoy the small. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Like it's been, it's it's been difficult for me, like trying to learn that, but I think one thing that's helped me is kind of just, I, I mean, you said like this, this part of like about like a looming burden hanging over your head. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like just, noticing that there is like a burden is is good enough to realize that it, it you know it, all it is is really just like a thought that's mm-hmm. kind of there I can either you know really get caught up in it or I can kind of just you know let it go so uh, I don't know I think stuff in golf really like projects itself onto life sort of I, I might be yeah I don't know but yeah that I think that's, that's just my my opinion yeah, like sometimes in golf, like you're on a hole and then you're thinking about either last hole because you hit a bad shot or mm-hmm. you're thinking about the next hole because you're really afraid of like the water on the left. But yeah, you really have to just notice that these are kind of just your fears and your worries and, and just really just focus on on what you can do and what that is, is like the next shot. So life is a golf course. <laughs> I don't yeah, kind of kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah i what you were saying before this is like something that i've been wondering because of my lack of golf knowledge but your just description of the course just now do they they intentionally put those like the water this is like my experience with we golf like i see that they're like you hit the ball into the water you hit it onto the green what does those terms for very non people who do not have knowledge about golf like what do those terms mean (laughs) yeah yeah so like yeah in golf like the course designers are really evil and they they want (laughs) to make you as frustrated as possible so they'll put like 
there's this thing called the bunker and it's this big area of sand. And once you get in there, it's kind of hard to get it out and get it close to the hole. And they'll just put those like right next to, the, to your target. And the mm. green is kind of where the, the pin is. And that's where you're aiming and trying to get onto the putting surface so you can make a putt. I'm sure you played mini golf, right? Yes, I play mini golf. Yeah. So mini golf is really just the putting aspect of golf. It's like a portion of the whole thing. So you're just trying to get onto this, the, the easier surface where you can roll it in. But before that, there are a lot of obstacles to avoid, like the, the sand and the water that's always like that's right so next to your target. That's so, really yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say like, I this is like, I took art home this past semester. So art humanities, which is the course where we learn about like different artistic styles and different artistic choices. And then there was this unit on architecture and how everything is, we focus a lot about like on how everything is a choice an intentional choice and architects yeah. can really control the way you move through space. So this is just reminding me a lot about that, about how those like golf course designers can really <laughs> like play with your mind psychologically, but also just like physically make things difficult or, or easier. I don't yeah. know. Nice yeah, are. no, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I think architecture is really an interesting subject to, mm -hmm. to study and uh, like golf architecture is, yeah, some of the, you'll, you'll find some of the, like the most unique and like creative designs uh, through golf because of like, how they really like play with the player's mental game. Like they know that, all right, there's like a water on the right, there's a bunker on the left. Mm -hmm. The next hole is also pretty hard. Like how do we, how do we make the player really scared here and like yeah. try and uh, mess with them. But, you know, most of the time it's like a lot of people say that golf is like 95% psychological mm -hmm. because you're just really playing against yourself on the course. You're not like interfering with anyone else and really like no one's really talking to each other most of the time, at least like during shots. Mm -hmm. So you're really just out there with your own thoughts and with your own feelings. And uh, you have to figure out how to get this ball in a hole and yeah. manage everything. Yeah. So it's, it, it helps you learn a lot about yourself, I think, but there are a lot of things in life I think that can, can do the same thing. So. Yeah. A yeah. lot of introspection when you're alone with that golf club. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's, sometimes it makes you go crazy like you're out there for 10 hours you're just walking and you know 10 hours just... is that how long like a tournament is or yeah so college tournaments yeah we, we sometimes play uh two rounds of golf in the same day to like try and get more in so mm -hmm. we'll have like you know wake up at like 6 a.m uh prepare for your tea time and then tee off at eight and then we're not off the course until like seven and we're out there from like dawn to dusk so it's pretty cool experience yeah it's it's yeah, really wow. different you need to put on a lot of sunscreen for the whole day. <laughs> yeah yeah not up in north but yeah oh. <laughs> oh wow that's really interesting do you yeah, how far ahead do you have to think like when you're how many holes is that like how many rounds um, my terminology for a golf game is not very no yeah it, it, there's 18 holes in a round okay. so yeah usually you're once you get to like hole 15 16 17 a lot of times I find myself thinking of like what I'm gonna shoot after 18 and like my mind starts to wander so it's really like about just like getting back to the the next shot and and staying 
you know, staying focused and yeah, you'll, I think that being, it, it being like such a different sort of game because mm-hmm. every shot really matters in golf. Like I guess in basketball or football, like if you have one bad shot, it, you know, it really takes like seven or eight or like a, a streak of bad shots to really start to get to you. But in golf, sometimes just one shot can, can ruin your whole round because you can hit in the water and then you get a penalty for that. And then, you know, you're in a bad position and you, yeah, like one hole can really like affect your round. So it's really, yeah, it's a really, really important to have the, the mental game down, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I did not know that. I mean, I, I guess I, I just like never thought of it that way but that makes sense it's like yeah maybe <laughs> maybe you'll take I'm up golf like now my head around. yeah yeah it's it's really cool. it's a really, really cool game it's very different a lot of people see it and they're like you know it's it's really slow it's really boring and that's true but it also is like all happening in here in the yeah. mind <laughs> <laughs> it also is just a lot of patience and a lot of waiting and sometimes that's you know, sometimes you need to do that in life. So, it, you know, nothing, it's, it's not always just like, go, go, go. Sometimes you have to, you have to wait for an opportunity. And yeah, that's, that's golf sometimes. Yeah. Put that quote on your wall, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's like, there's a lot of, about golf that people might not know. Like I, for instance, I remember for our first year I was reading like a, like a Columbia Lions athletics thing, uh, article. And then it was talking about golf, right? And then it was like, Daniel Core, first year scored under par or subpar or something like that. I was like, why would they write that? Why would they write an article if he's like subpar? Doesn't that mean like he's it's like something bad happened? So I was like asking, I was like, what does that mean? Do you want to explain? What that yeah, actually- there's like so much confusing terminology in golf. that <laughs> I feel like they just need to rename everything and they get like beginners <laughs> into it. But yeah, like, you know, less shots are better in golf, as, as you probably know. And there is this thing called the par on in golf where every hole you kind of are expected to make a certain number of shots in the hole. So like if hole number one is a par four, that means that if you have a four, then you have a par and you're, you know, par for the course. That's good. But if you, yeah, if you have like a a five or a six, then you're over par and then you, you're like, you know, you can start to build up. So then after the round, you like tally all those up and see if you're over par or you're under par. And it's really like a combination of all of the holes and all of the, the good and bads. So you can have like one bad hole, but if you have like two or three good holes and you're still under par, so that's good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just in my mind, because par sounds like bar. So I'm like, <laughs> you have a bar and you're like, if you're subpar, it's bad. But no, in golf, subpar, do you call it subpar or is it called under par? We call it under par. Okay, I mean, yeah. So I think under- I'll start calling it subpar though. Like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. It's like I, I played subpar today. <laughs> like I actually played pretty good. That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And all the calculations, I like when you were describing the process of thinking like which club to choose, which like how far, like the calculating the distance and the wind. Do you actually like lick your finger and <laughs> to the the wind? No, I think most players, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some weird players lick their fingers, but I think that's kind of unsanitary. 
Uh, most of us just like pick up a piece of grass and just like let it go and see where the wind takes it. And we base our decisions off that. But yeah, like usually we'll get a, our rangefinder, which is like this device that gets the distance and we'll shoot the pin and then it'll say like a hundred yards, right? And then if the wind is coming like towards us and it's a bit like uphill, then we'll be like, okay, maybe that's like a 110, 115 yard shot. So we'll, we'll ha have to kind of like judge it based on how we're feeling that day. Like, am I hitting it short or far? How soft is, I guess, the ground? Is it gonna like roll or is it gonna sort of yeah. stop? And yeah, a lot of different things. There's a lot of external factors that come into play like wind and the length of grass and it's all that. <laughs> yeah, it's like all about, <laughs> yeah, it's all about just letting go of control. And, you know, once you hit the shot, there's a lot of things that could happen that you can't really contend with. So you're just there <laughs> watching it. So, yeah. That's interesting. A bird could come and steal the ball and you'll never. Yeah, yeah. Birds have done that. They've, Wait, really? they've flown on the green. Yeah, at least on TV, I've seen a video where a bird flew on the green and picked up this pro player's golf ball and, and flew with it in his mouth. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what happened? Yeah. Does that count? Imagine it just dropped it in the hole though. That would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, and you know, gators too. Yeah. In Florida, right? Gators in Florida? <laughs> yeah, I guess in Florida, maybe in other places too. But I'm, I, Have you seen Happy Gilmore? No, I have not. Oh, uh, watch Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that? there's a cool scene with a gator uh, and a golf ball, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. That is so interesting. I was kidding, but that is a real thing, everyone. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Talking, thinking about like the, the more fiscal or financial side of it, how do athletic scholarships work? Kind of changing the topic here, but like how do athletic scholarships work um, in college in general or at Columbia or at the, yeah. in the Ivy League? Good question. So in the Ivy League, it's actually very different mm -hmm. where I don't think that you're allowed to get scholarships necessarily in the Ivy League because, I mean, I think it's for a number of reasons, but yeah, so for any other school, you can get an athletic scholarship and kind of the school can pay you to go there uh, based on your athletic ability. But for the Ivy League, you would need to you can use financial aid or you can use other grants, but they don't provide scholarships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is a bit different and yeah, golf is a, a very, <laughs> one of the more financially, like, I guess it, it burdening sports because of how much like golf clubs cost and all that. But like nowadays for juniors, there's a lot more going on with sponsorships. Like some companies will give juniors free clubs because mm -hmm. They want to provide more opportunities and they'll fly people out to tournaments and stuff. So it's, cool. it's getting a lot more accessible and that's, that's great. What are, what is the juniors? Is that like a division juniors versus seniors or? Yeah. Like I think that if you're just under 18 and you're not oh. in college golf, uh, you're kind of considered a junior. And okay. once you are, you know, after college golf, you're considered like an amateur. And then oh. once you uh, get onto the, one of the tours, you're considered a pro. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I did not know. That. Oh, I'm learning so much today. This is cool. This is cool knowledge. <laughs> Was it like the same in swimming? Like, do you know, do people get like athletic know. scholarships? There was, I know like some people, um, I didn't swim year round. So I was just like a seasonal swimmer. 
Um, but they do have like junior, junior Olympics. And I don't know if the, like, the specific terminology that's referred, that they're referred to as, but maybe I could yeah, that's really cool. Google after this. Do you cool. have like rankings? Like were you ranked as a swimmer? Oh gosh, no, I don't think I was ranked. Not fast enough. <laughs> Not fast enough. <laughs> cool. Moving on to some fun questions. Let's think. Is there anything you want to share before the fun questions? Anything? Uh, yeah, I guess. I would just, if I could give myself advice, because I, I don't know if there are like people in high school who are athletes trying to get into colleges right now and mm-hmm. uh, are, yeah, I mean, if I could give myself advice for back then, I would say like, I think that I've seen a lot of junior players in golf, at least they get to the point where they have to start getting to college and really like their game starts dropping a lot because they're more focused on the score and the result and trying to like impress this college rather than really like what they're out there to do, which is enjoy the game and to enjoy improving at like this really fun game. So Mm -hmm. I guess if I could like give myself advice for the pass, I would say, you know, like, yeah, like do all the like recruiting stuff on the side, you know, like email coaches and call and, visit schools but also just remember that it, at the end of, end of the day it's a it's a fun game and you know you're, even though it's a competition you're still just trying to improve at it and you're still just learning this craft and doing something that you love so yeah just uh, enjoy it yeah clapping into the mic does it sound weird on your end that's a clap okay <laughs> yeah. okay awesome i really like that that's that's good advice nice very insightful. Now, to put, for some um, fun questions. More fun insight. Okay, so these are just we'll we'll think of questions on the way too. We had some before. So what is this is this is an interesting. This is like a demographic study. What is the most popular major in the golf oh. team? Economics. Okay. <laughs> because our only classes that kind of like work out with golf because of practice uh-huh. is economics because it's always in the morning. All the oh econ majors are up in the morning. I want to do CS, but all the CS classes were in the afternoon because I guess they thought like CS majors are just gonna sleep in or yeah. But, <laughs> so a lot of athletes major in econ actually. And I think that they should change up the schedules to, to give more opportunities because yeah, it's, it's tough for athletes to major in stuff like, you know, computer science or like, film or creative writing because the times don't really accommodate with practice I did not know that that was the reason why like there was I guess the like golf I guess on the golf team it's like mostly econ it's because of the class schedule Mo- like yeah, most yeah but on the class schedule yeah but lately I think that we've had a lot more people like going against the grain and sort of being like you know I don't, I'm not gonna go to practice I'm gonna be a film major and I really support that all right Okay, another question is, there is a men's golf team at Columbia. There's also a women's golf team at Columbia. Do you guys practice together? How do you guys know each other? Do you do bonding together? What is that like? Yeah, so I think that the men's and women's team, I mean, we don't practice with each other because we practice at different golf courses. And I think it's because each golf course kind of suits uh, our play style a bit more. Like one's a a bit shorter and a bit, I guess, more... Uh, more like centered on like short game and the other one is more centered on like long game so there's like a bit of difference there but 
yeah, no, we, we don't really practice together. And I wish that we did because it would be great for team bonding. And mm -hmm. I think most of the team bonding we have to do is sort of off the team and like mm -hmm. on our own time. So yeah, it would be cool to, to start doing like workouts and like practice together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know like fencing, right? Fencing is the team is, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I think it's men's and women's, but then they practice together. Or yeah, at least I knew a fencer in Fernald. That's, it's a really cool sport, but mm -hmm. I, do they practice together? I remember I was in Dodge early morning, not really, not that early, like 9 a.m. <laughs> um, on a weekend. And I That's saw right. them, they were in the the basketball court, not the official one, but like the blue gym and they were all doing workouts together. So that's what oh. I, what I thought. Yeah. yeah. yeah mm -hmm. I guess I'm wondering like tournaments, are they also based on like men's teams versus women's teams? Yeah. So it would be, I think we go to different tournaments. So it would be like men's mm. team against men's team and then women's against women's. Okay. But we do have a tournament where we, it's kind of an alumni tournament where we can play with, uh, or it's like both the men's and the women's play with an alumni. And then we kind of oh, like cool. have a fun day and try and play the best we can and win the tournament for the alumni. So it's, yeah, it's fun. But yeah, I think that most of the team bonding we do, like it, it's like, we'll just go out to K-Town or like get dinner and it's mostly like outside of golf. So it's, nice. we'll never really like play together or like, Play around together yeah mm -hmm. do you think that the alum network is strong for for the golf team yeah i think it's pretty strong like for columbia in general yeah. i think a lot of people don't know this but many programs like golf runs they run on donations so they really depend on the alumni to sort of provide and uh really like maintain the program and that's why like some programs like dartmouth and brown this year were cut and that means that their golf team, like, yeah, their, their program got cut. So most of the golfers just weren't able to, to play anymore. And I think that we're very fortunate because we have like such a generous alumni division. And mm -hmm. Yeah, we're able to like improve our practice facility a lot and improve our team. Oh, nice. Shout out to the golf alum at Columbia. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, nice. Moving on to a quirky question, not a quirky question. A, an animal question we were talking about birds and gators before but those were <laughs> those were parts of nature that also are part of your golf game but what animal do you think best represents your sport and why uh probably turtles people at my golf course are like turtles like they're they just take forever to play they're I'm like stuck behind them and i just can't get anywhere yeah turtles are yeah i don't know they're pretty cool they they can't get anywhere unless they like come out of their shell and like really start to adventure so oh I like that I like that analogy <laughs> golf players need yeah. to come out of their shell but then <laughs> like when they're hiding in their shell it's like when they're thinking and then they'll hit the putt is that what you call it hit the putt yeah 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 what call it? okay cool cool yeah. <laughs> okay awesome um what are three words that you would use to describe your sport I know you said like I guess three fun words, three words that we wouldn't expect. Three fun words. Well, one of the words I prepared was fun. So <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We yeah, got okay. That. So that, that counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second word would probably be like four, which is something that you yell when you hit a, a shot that's going to hit someone on the golf course is you yell four really loud. Four. And 
yeah, every golfer knows that that means that they have to duck and like cover their heads. Oh, get <laughs> did you watch High School Musical? I think. <laughs> yeah, I, when Sharpay yeah, I was learning right. golf, <laughs> I think that I think they yelled four really loud, or maybe I'm just imagining that, but I never really knew why. But yeah, yeah, that's Troy, why Troy was right. teaching Sharpay to uh-huh. all our High School Musical fans out there. Troy was teaching Sharpay how to how to swing. Well, she was pretending not to know how to play golf but she was actually really good and then yeah, i don't know yeah. that was a <laughs> that was fun i don't know if anyone watches george lopez but there's like one episode where like he was pretending to be in college when he was at a driving range and then someone like he was on a phone call with his wife and someone yelled you know four and he was like oh i think the correct answer is five <laughs> did it hit him the ball <laughs> yeah. no no but it, it's uh it's getting pretty mainstream like that terminology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess the last one would be, I don't know, I guess beautiful. Like it, it's a beautiful game. There's like a lot of, yeah, a lot of uniqueness, a lot of expression to mm-hmm. it. I think that it, it gets, you know, it, it's kind of like on the surface, it seems like this really boring game for like old people. But like once you really like play it and get to know it, it's like, yeah, there's a lot more that is under the surface. The old people were young ones too. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. yeah, that's that's nice. I like that. It's a beautiful sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely play it until I get like, you know, even when I'm super old, like mm-hmm. I'll definitely enjoy it because you can play at any age and that's why mm-hmm. it's really like a universal sport. Do they sell mini clubs? Yeah. Your height? Like, yeah. So for like really young kids, they'll have like these tiny little clubs that are. So cute. Really cute. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay, cool. What else? What other what other fun things do you want to share about about golf or about being a student athlete or about college in general? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess like I have this pretty funny story with like I had this putting coach, right? And uh, my parents kind of like hired him because he was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And his name is Frank Thomas. Mm-hmm. He basically like every time I went to a lesson we would do nothing except like putt and I would have like this problem right where I was like missing this putt one way or the other way and I'll be like hey I think I'm doing this wrong like what what should I be doing and he, he just says like no just let it go <laughs> and I'll be like okay but like during the tournament I like do this and I was like you know trying to figure out what I was doing wrong but he would always just be like just let it go. <laughs> he sounded like that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that like mean? This, did you, yeah, did you ever find out what person. that meant? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sorry, what'd you say? Did you ever find out what that meant? Let it go. <laughs> I found out like years after. <laughs> he was always talking about like uwe a lot. Like, you t- do you take Chinese or like, can you, do you know what uwe means? What was it? Uwe. Uwe. No, it's a Chinese word. Yeah, it means like I guess just like non-action, or like oh. non-interference. Oh. And he was always just like preaching that, and I would be so confused because I would pay three hundred dollars a lesson for this guy for <laughs> two hours, and he would just be telling me the same thing, just like, "Don't worry, don't think, let it go." And it wasn't until like I guess last year, I I was kind of just like, you know in a pretty bad spot with golf. And I realized that I was sort of like thinking too much about it and getting too technical with what I was doing. 
and I was focused too much on the results and the score rather than just kind of, I guess, letting it go and, and just letting the, the putt do what it needs to do and not really interfering that much with it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why they, if you look at like professional golfers on TV, they always think, look like they're in this really focused zone. And I was never sure if they were like actually thinking a lot, like trying to stay focused or if they actually like didn't think at all. So <laughs> I guess like that's what, yeah, that's what he was trying to teach me was like trying to get to this point where you have no thoughts and you're just letting the your body do what you've been practicing and oh. do this motion. So I guess I want to ask like in swimming, like was that kind of like a similar thing? Like, yeah, I think so. I think I get what you mean because like when we're, now I'm just thinking like, I would sometimes when I'm just like swimming, not in a meet, just like regularly, it's a time for, cause there's no distractions. You're literally underwater and your face is under the water. So you, you can think about whatever you want. And then I was just like, I was talking with my mom and I was like, yeah, I'm like swimming's nice because then you can, you can, you can just think about whatever you want. And then now, and then the more I think about it, it's like, it's actually a good time to empty your mind, especially when you're like preparing for a meet, like you shouldn't, I guess you shouldn't really be thinking about your homework or anything else Yeah, right. Just right. Think about kicking as hard as you can doing that flip turn and then like rushing back and tapping the the touch board at the end as fast as you can and that's all you're thinking right. about um, right do you ever swim in the ocean no i don't have you uh, i i like try to pick up surfing but like oh, it was cool. so hard i couldn't stand on the board and i'm trying to get better at it but you skateboard no, okay. <laughs> I, should, I should probably do that first, but like land. Yeah, yeah, snowboarding also seems fun, but mm-hmm. I like read this analogy and it's, it might be kind of cliche, but it's like, oh, like if you're like swimming in an ocean and there's like a lot of ripples and like a lot of waves in the surface, mm-hmm. you can go under the waves and it's actually really peaceful. Mm-hmm. And, but then if you like try to fight the surface, you're going to get like, you know, swept away. So mm-hmm. like. I guess for golf and I guess for like a lot of other aspects of my life, like just being sort of, you know, behind the thoughts, kind of like noting the thoughts and I guess being aware of all of these emotions and thoughts, uh, especially like fears and worries, you know, it's hard to fight them, but just Mm -hmm. being aware and letting them kind of pass by has been really like the most helpful for me in my game and in my life. So. Yeah, I don't know if that was really helpful, but yeah. You got another quote to hang on your wall. That was good. The way no, please, like I yeah, no, I, I I read this really good mental game book that talked a lot about the stuff. So I can I can link it for people because I think it's a yeah it's a great thing for for just life in general. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good resource. Nice. Yeah. All right. What other fun questions can we have? What I guess things that only golf players will know uh I guess like how yeah I guess I touched on this a bit before but I guess how like how much of a mental sport it is like Mm -hmm. because I I had this thought in my last tournament because I used to practice for like three or four hours every day to prepare for a tournament and like really just be out there grinding and Mm -hmm. then like I would have these huge expectations for myself and you know it would actually like add on to the pressure uh so I think that once your game is at a certain point, 
like 95, 99% of it is really like how you're feeling that day. If you're like really calm, really relaxed. And if you can sort of like show the ability that you can show without the pressure. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why like a lot of golfers will know this is that they, is that everyone in a tournament has the ability to win, I think. But it depends on if they really believe that they can win and if they can really execute that ability. Uh, during the time when they need to and I don't know yeah like so yeah for me like last tournament I think I I did pretty poorly the first day because I was a bit nervous and I had a lot on my mind with like the result and how how many people were playing and like mm -hmm. the, how important the tournament was but the second day I was kind of just you know more relaxed I didn't really practice that much in between but Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I play a lot better. So sometimes I guess you need a break. Is more in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Because like when you're like your exam analogy too. Like if you're up all night studying, you're losing sleep. You're you're doing ineffective or just like non-productive practice, or like yeah, exactly. you're reading the textbook. You're just like doing your practice problems, and then you wake up. Your test is the next morning or that morning. And then you're like, I should have just gone to sleep earlier or I should have exactly. just stopped studying earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Well, I mean, happy new year's also. <laughs> I forgot to say that. Yeah. Happy new year, everyone. It is <laughs> January 1st. We probably should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess I want to ask. Everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you have any like new year resolutions or goals? New year's resolutions. Oof. Yeah. Let me think. That's a good question. I should have, we should have, <laughs> I should have asked that too. I'm thinking, I think my new year's resolution is to stop overthinking, stop like putting thoughts into other people's minds. Like, so like stop worrying about what other people are thinking yeah. and just stop thinking about like judgments and everything like that. And just focusing on doing what I want to do without I mean, obviously thinking about like consequences, but without overthinking the consequences, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about uh, you? Yeah, I, th I think the same. That That's also a good goal of mine, but um, probably just to cook a lot more. Mm, like, I, yeah, I, I like that cook. goal. <laughs> yeah, I want to cook every meal I can because I, I felt really bad in the fall. I was like postmating way too much. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, like I, I'd rather just like learn how to cook and it saves a lot of money in New York, as you know, and it's a really good skill to have so that's good yeah i think that also should be just to be a better adult to be more adulty <laughs> yeah yeah so if you know any good recipes just send them my way yeah i mean my sister is a really good baker so we were lucky oh. like i mean she's at home with me now um yeah so we got some we had some great holiday holiday cheesecakes and cakes and stuff like that so that was nice. good nice. yeah let's see what else? What else? What else? Ooh. Oh, big question. Big question for the future. What are you planning on doing after college? That is a big question. Yeah. I think uh, I could ask you the same thing as well. Like, but I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I'm planning to be a professional golfer. And what that means is I'm going to play a lot of qualifiers and try and get into the best tour I can. Mm -hmm. and start making money through golf and uh but i i know that in order to do that i kind of have to just focus on stuff i'm doing now which is passing my classes first of all and you know 
improving my game and, and getting better in the gym and all that. So nice. yeah, I'm, I'm sort of taking it one step at a time and you know, it's good to have like this far out goal, but yeah. yeah, the only way I can get there is really like through these small steps. Yeah. What percent of people do you think from college sports or from Columbia um, as a school make it to professional teams? Uh, from Columbia, I'd say not as many because of how like how many other opportunities there are. Like a lot of people find another passion. They mm-hmm. go into engineering. They go into like med. So mm-hmm. yeah, like there's a lot of different career paths you can pursue, which yeah, nothing wrong with that. But there actually have been a few players to have you know tried, and uh, one player made it onto the Latin tour. So his name is Harrison Shea. I'm gonna shout oh, out. Oh, yeah, shout him out again. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope that he gets on the PGA tour soon and we can play together. So, and then also like tons of other really talented guys on the team right now, I think are, you know, have a really good chance of making it like this guy named Nathan Hahn. He was a freshman last year. So I think he took a gap year, but he's a very good player. And uh, Arjun Puri from India, he's also very motivated. So yeah, I'm excited to graduate and play more golf with all these guys and nice yeah how about you like what are what are your goals after college after college I think some more school so hopefully med school and then more training after that and then hopefully become a medical doctor in the future yay that's great (laughs) thank you yeah I was also watching this to prep for our podcast today literally literally like a few minutes before before we we met um I was watching this off the pill podcast by Ryan Higa <laughs> and oh, it was one with De La Ghetto and he they were talking about how like his goal to become famous or his goal to become like a, a musician or just like like a big presence in, in in social media and he was like like was it a, they were talking about whether it's it was his dream or something like that and then he's like mm-hmm. when we're thinking about a big goal frame it not as a dream, but as something that you, you know, where you think will happen. And so every step he's taking is going towards that, that goal. So not by not by calling it by not referring it to by ah, sorry, by not referring to it as a dream as something that, you know, like, is like tough to happen, like just yeah. thinking about like, it will happen in the future, and then just moving towards that specific goal. I feel like that was a yeah. good I, I do as well. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, lo- I love Ryan Higa. So that's great. <laughs> funny, funny guy. Funny yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. I think there's, that just helps with being confident as well in your own mm-hmm. ability. Like, you know, if you, if you have a big dream, then it, you're kind of expecting yourself to either make it or not make it sort of, mm-hmm. but if it's a goal, then really there's only one target. And, yeah. you know, if you make mistakes, then you make them. But if you do what you enjoy for long enough, you're going to get really good at it and you know the money will come and all that will also come but mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's all, that's all I have <laughs> yeah I think that was great I feel like that's a good note to to end on too yeah me if too there are yeah thank you so much Dan for coming on the episode one of the open mic podcast we're so excited so excited to be starting this I feel like I'm learning so much too like I I hope the audience is too like the listeners who are listening to this are learning a lot not just about golf like the specific like sport but also about just like life as a student athlete also just some good life advice for down the road because I think it's very insightful this episode do you 
yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug or any, anyone you want to shout out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just first of all, I just want to say like a huge thank you for you for inviting me onto here. Like it's, you know, it's my first podcast, so I hope that I did okay. And I'm trying to get better at, I guess, like speaking in general, like I, I didn't speak that much in CC, so, <laughs> but, which is uh, one of the other core classes we had at Columbia. So uh, I missed out on that opportunity, but yeah, I mean, for shout outs, like, I guess I want to shout out my friend Mahad at Columbia. A lot of people don't know this, but he is a very funny guy and a very good comedian. And I think that he's going to have a Netflix special very soon. So you better follow him. Yeah. And for everyone else, just, you know, pursue your goals and do what you love. and mm-hmm. Everything will work out. So that's all I can say. Thank you so much, Dan. But yeah. Thank you again. It's been great. Yay. And to wrap up the podcast, we, if you're watching this on YouTube as a video podcast, then please don't forget to like and comment and subscribe. And if you're listening to this on any other podcast streaming platform, don't forget to follow and also like, like if that is a possibility. Thank you so much for joining us on our first episode. I hope you enjoyed this. I think, I mean, Dan taught me a lot about golf and life today. So I hope you guys have learned that too, have learned a lot about that too. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.